0: You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen.
1: Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this beautiful day. I thank you so much for the rain. You know how much I love rain and all the beautiful reminders it sends me that you love me and that you long to shower blessings upon me. And Lord, you long to shower blessings upon all of us. I ask that you be with everyone in this room. Lord, they come hungry, longing to connect with you in a more deep and meaningful way. And I ask, Lord, that they leave filled and overflowing just like a cup out in the rain and that they spill over to others here at Camp Meaning. We love you and we give you this hour in your name. Amen. So my name is Angela Boothby, and I was raised right here um, in Michigan. I was raised two hours south of here in Goebbels, Michigan, on a little farm. We moved to the farm when I was one. And I um, am a teacher's daughter and a farmer's daughter. (laughs) And um, I never thought I wanted to be a teacher, but God knew that He wanted me to be a teacher. And so I've been teaching for eight years. I started teaching in Holland, Michigan. I taught kindergarten first and second for three years. Taught this fantastic lady's son (laughs) Uh, for one year and so yeah I taught in Holland for three years kindergarten first and second during that time I got my master's in outdoor education from Southern Adventist University and that gave me an incredible paradigm shift on how I viewed teaching number one but number two how I honestly wanted to practice my Adventism and my Christianity so I don't know about you guys but when's the last time you heard a preacher get up front and preach about taking care of the earth or being more green? And if you look, I don't know how I missed it until I got my master's. I had incredible Adventist education. Like I am so thankful for my journey and the different schools I've been to. I was incredibly blessed. But in Genesis, right there, what are the what are the one of the commands that or the first command that God gives to Adam? What is one of the first commands that God gives or the one, one of the first blessings that God gives to Adam? He told them to care for it. He told them, yeah, that we're caretakers, that we have dominion over the earth, right? Well, we currently still have dominion over the earth and we are currently caretakers. And I very strongly believe Jesus is coming soon. And I very strongly believe that we should be preparing. But what if we were modeling a life that shows that we take care and value the gift that God gave us? Because when I taught K-2, every Friday um, in the afternoon, we had this thing called Sabbath celebration. And what I would do, I know every teacher does Sabbath celebration slightly different, but the way I would do it is I wanted to give my kiddos tons of ideas of how to do things connecting with Jesus on the Sabbath. Because often for kids raised as Adventists, Sabbath is boring and their parents take naps or no no, no put down for people who take naps. But that's, Sabbath isn't always the most exciting day for kiddos. So for me, Sabbath celebration was a time to inspire them with all sorts of ideas of how to connect with God. And every time we started the Sabbath celebration, I told them, I pretend that the earth was a present and that we were opening this gift to go outside and see what presence God has in store for us. So keep that in your mindset as adults That the earth is a present from God. And every time you go out there, there's something he wants to connect with you and show you. So for those of you who have your handout, um, there are two, well, there are so many beautiful quotes. Actually, I don't even know where to start. But if you look on the very back page, um, there are two quotes for why I am so strong proponent of going outside. And the first one is, as we come close to the heart of nature, Christ makes his presence real to us and speaks to our hearts of his peace and love. So in this crazy world, especially with COVID and economic and all sorts of political crisis, what we need is God telling us that he loves us. And that he longs to give us his peace, right? And if if we are filled with that, then imagine what our families are going to feel like. Imagine what our classrooms are going to feel like. Our churches, if we ourselves are reflecting God's peace and love to others, right? And then this one is so beautiful. So in every line of useful labor, in every association of life, he desires us to find a lesson of divine truth. Then our daily toil will no longer absorb our attention and lead us to forget God. It will continually remind us of our creator and redeemer. The thought of God will run like a thread of gold through our homely cares and occupations. For us, the glory of his face will again rest upon the face of nature. We shall ever be learning new lessons of heavenly truth and growing into the image of his purity. Thus, we shall be taught of the Lord and in the lot wherein we are called, we shall abide with God. So I was raised an Adventist. I I loved very much the truth all my life, but somehow I just never understood completely how to connect with God in nature. Like I remember hearing, you know, God shows us his love through nature. I remember hearing a couple of object lessons, but for some reason, it just never connected with me in my brain that literally I could think of him constantly when I go outside. So let's look at the way Jesus taught. When Jesus taught, what did he always use? Pretty much 99.9% of the time, what did he constantly use when he was teaching parables or when he was teaching anything when he was here for three and a half years? Lessons Lessons from nature and things that people saw all the time. And I'm not anyway trying to knock our pastors or any of our sermons, but how many of you guys are able to constantly think of your sermon that you heard on Sabbath throughout the week because you keep seeing visual reminders of it? It's just not the way we teach or preach anymore, right? But if you look at Jesus, they saw shepherds, they saw farmers, They saw vineyards, they saw wineskins, you name it, right? Those different tons of, yes, please. Those different lessons, he constantly wanted them to be reminded. And if you look at this quote in Christ's object lesson, if you're folding the laundry, if you're going for a drive to go get groceries, Jesus, if it says, so in every line of useful labor and every association of life, he desires to find a lesson of divine truth. That's a tall order. Okay, so think of all the things you do on a daily basis, and are you able to think of God and abide with him all day long? And I couldn't, and I wasn't. But then, God is so good, and he um, helped me to understand more how to do it. So I'm going to start with um, something that you see every day. Well, you know what? Maybe not every day, but almost every day. When you look up in the sky, what do you see? Clouds. OK, so when you look up, and I wrote a little article. You don't need to read it now. I'm going to go over it with you guys. And I just wrote up something that way, often we hear so much at camp meeting that we forget. So this way, you guys can go back and read it. Um, but I'm just going to summarize it, because I want to go through a couple, and then I want to have some time to do some other things. So um, when, I, when I see anything in nature that I want to I wanna capture, so I'd say this with the youth. You know how they use Instagram, and they capture things with a photo? You capture memories with a photo. And so I say, I want you to capture a moment with God, with a, with a promise, right? So let's say it's a gorgeous sunset or a gorgeous sunrise or a tree that's just extraordinarily beautiful with bright fall colors. And you just wish you could just capture that moment, you know, when you're like, wow, God, You're amazing. Or the the clouds, one of my favorite things is when the clouds, it looks like rays are coming out of the clouds. And for that, I just totally think that is how it's going to look when Jesus comes, but much grander. But every time I see those streams of light, I just think, man, he wants me to connect with him. And he wants to pour his his wisdom on me and his leading. Satan's favorite secret, not secret, Satan's favorite tactic is that God is too confusing to connect with. And our youth are lost and so confused because they just don't know how to connect with them. We've made spirituality just a head thing. You sit in church and you contemplate about it. You sit in in Sabbath school and you think about it. Church and God is things you have to figure out in your head. And if you look at the way Jesus taught, and you look at the way God worked with the Israelites, it was a whole tactile kinesthetic experience, right? They smelled the incense, they tasted, they heard the trumpet, right? And the call for prayers. They, they saw and they touched the sheep, right? It was, it was all those five senses totally being engaged all the time. And, and there's so many quotes with Ellen White that she talks about using those five senses as Jesus, as he sat, for example, on the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, you could feel the breeze blowing against you as you listened to him talk and heard the birds singing and smell. And they talk about all the senses, but We've made spirituality just a head thing. You figure out on your head, you surrender, you have to choose, come on, keep surrendering, keep choosing, and we forgot that there's this whole joyful bodily experience. We're all, you know, think about your other relationships. You feel the hug and the touch of a mother's love, right? And you smell her cooking and that makes you feel like memories of being, I know as soon as I smell mom's bread, it brings me back to all sorts of things. Right. All of our other relationships have all of our senses engaged. We just might not like markedly think about it, but there are, if you think about there's like grandma's perfume and there's, there's just different smells. They say, I tried it. It didn't really work, but they say if you like are studying for a really hard test and you're eating something or you are smelling something and then you have that when you take your test, it, you're supposed to do better on the test. So I tried Reese's Pieces. I think I was just looking for an excuse to eat junk. <laughs> but I, I ate Reese's Pieces when I was studying, and then I ate them when I was taking my exam. <laughs> didn't work. But I should have probably spent more time studying instead of eating my Reese's Pieces, and maybe something, a different kind of smell would have worked better. Yeah. yeah. No, peppermint works especially well, but they say that lots of different um, smells will work. But you're right. Peppermint is a, a great teacher's trick. All right. So back to um, when I go outside, I want to walk hand in hand with God the entire time. And not just when I'm outside, but outside for me is the easiest time as opposed to in four white walls. And so every time I see clouds, I think of Jesus. And how, and how many of you guys, when you're driving down in cars, do you see clouds up in the sky? Or when you're stuck in traffic, right? Like we can, we can honestly think about God all day long. It doesn't have to be something that, oh yeah, I need to pray. Have I prayed yet? Like how often have I been talking to Jesus? When you are just looking for him, you're communing with him all day long. And that is the greatest joy imaginable. And so clouds, what verses or what stories can you think of associated with clouds? Without looking at my paper. Yeah, yeah. Israel was led by a cloud of fire or kept that warm out of a cloud of fire at night and led by a cloud during the day, right? Any other ones? Yeah, Elijah saw a cloud and he knew that that meant rain was coming. Yeah, any other ones? Yeah, rainbow after um, the flood. Uh, God put a rainbow in the clouds as a reminder. Yeah, we'll get to rainbow. Rainbow is another one of my favorites. All right, so clouds. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 12. If you have your phone Bibles, that's okay too. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is what I think of every time I look up and I see clouds. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand at the right hand of the throne of God. So every time I look up and I see clouds, I remember, A, Jesus, we know that there are people up in heaven right now. We know that when Jesus rose from the dead and they, when he went up to heaven, we know that people went up there. We also know, if, if nothing else, we know that Elijah and Moses are up there, right? So every time I see clouds, I'm like, all right, there are other people who have finished this faith and fought the good fight, and they've been successful, God is with me, or I just simply remember God is the author and the finisher of my faith, look up, right, they say, we say all the time to the kids, look up to see Jesus, look up, well, what about something tangible, look up, there's a cloud, and there's a specific promise, and what I love is, how many of you guys have tried to go to seminars, and maybe some of you guys are pro, but you've gone to seminars to learn and memorize scripture, And like carried around the cards and you tried. I was a failure at that. But with this, I just find that I know verses. Now, granted, I don't necessarily always know them word for word verbatim, the whole entire thing. But I know phrases and I know enough to find them. And I know a fair amount of the verse. I really do. But that's because we... Like without even thinking about it, I'm starting to just think scripture. And what I love that too is that it's not my thought saying, all right, I'm going to do better. I'm going to try to, you know, stick stronger to my faith. It's Jesus' words that are literally being spoken as truth into my life. Because it's his words being said. And it's me repeating his promises. It's not me coming up with my own promises like ropes of sand, right? It's, It's his words being repeated in my head. And how incredibly powerful is that? and um so that then i go on trails so i wanted to show you guys these these are called micron pens i find them on amazon they're 20 dollars uh for 16 of them but they write really fine they're architect pens they write really really tiny so i can underline and write little notes in my bible and they don't bleed through the pages compared to a lot of pens so these are the ones that i have found out of all the pens i've tried lots of other little micron pens but this this brand is the brand that I found. They, they do bleed through a tiny bit, but not where it affects the other side, right? And I've tried other ones and they bleed through so much that you start not being able to really read the other side of your Bible page. So the Micron line pens are the ones that I have found that I can write all over my Bible. And you know what I love is I've been writing in my Bible since 2010, and this is my story. This is my song. Because It's filled with my experiences. I'll just write little things, like places where I first found the promise or um, different things that I have felt. So, for example, um, next to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, I wrote gray blanket of clouds. So you know how a lot of people don't like it when the clouds come down and they're like, oh, it's such a cloudy day. It's so depressing. I smile to myself and I'm like, oh, Jesus wants to just press closer to me because that's what clouds represent to me. He's the author and the finisher of my faith, who, um, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. And so I think, man, there's joy to be experienced, and joy in a cloudy day. (laughs) And I'm thinking his promises. Um, And then there's a couple other, which it's in your thing, but that leads me to Philippians one six, being confident of he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to do a Bible study and explore different things because this verse will lead me to this verse. So I have all sorts of little Bible trails in my Bible. And then Philippians 1, 6 makes me think of 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, which says, he who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. And all of a sudden, God is faithful. I'm thinking of that with the clouds. So I don't always use the word clouds, but something that clouds teach me about God will help me to learn more and more more about his character. And all of a sudden, I'm just thinking that God is faithful to me. And that God will do what he promised in my life. The other thing I love about this is it's made me read and find little promises in the Bible that I've never found before. And read little books I've never really cracked open before. um, Because my concordance leads me all over the place. And there's a promise in Nehemiah. And I have to say, I couldn't even remember this morning how to find Nehemiah. And I had to use uh, my front uh, Bible thing to look at the page number, but Nehemiah 9, 12 says, moreover, moreover, you led them by day with a cloudy pillar and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the road, which they should travel. So next to my Bible there, I wrote, wait on him. He will lead step by step. Cause if he led the Israelites step by step, that's the same God. And one thing I love too about the, the cloud, the whole point is God wanted to be with his people. Remember when they finally stopped and they built the tabernacle? What happened? The cloud came over and settled. And so the clouds are a reminder that God wants to be with me. If nothing else, that's one thing I can remember when I see cloud. God wants to be with me. God with us. Emmanuel, right? And now you have a whole bunch, another Bible trail going on God with us. And you're all over the Bible again, right? Like I have just found that sometimes, honestly, I just have to be like, okay, God, I'm really full. You're just going to have to stop because I'll just be all over my Bible. and I feel like I no longer remember the promises that he first led me to because there's so many that keep coming and keep coming. And I become so much more familiar with my Bible. Compared to, I have to be honest with you and tell this I wasn't very familiar with it. And now I'll be talking about this. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of this promise. And that reminds me of this promise. And I can just do this for hours. And it's not because I'm a great Bible scholar. It's just started with a couple nature connections. And I don't even do it every day. Because to be honest, it takes a good amount of time to find the right promise and look for it and be like, wait, am I? you have to be really careful too because you can't read what you want the Bible to say. You need to read, let God tell you what he wants to tell you, right? So. And when I'm using my concordance to find clouds or fire or sunset, I, I don't just read that one promise, but I read always the verse in the chapter in the context. And you know what's really cool is without fail, if it's not that little promise, it's somewhere else in the chapter. And the whole point that God led me on often isn't for that one word I looked up, but there's another promise in that chapter that he knew that was the message I needed that day. And so I say just you have to like allow God to give you time. <laughs> To, to let him speak to you and you'll go on a trail and like you'll use your concordance and you'll be like that's not helpful at all and I'll look up trees, I'll look up birds, I have a promise for almost anything that you can tangibly see right now and um, I'm watching my clock because I have different things I want to do but I have a write-up for you about rainbows in here, about grass, um, if you need more ideas of how to do it, there's these books that are really awesome, The Gospel According to a Tree, The Gospel According to a Snowflake, The Gospel According to a Blade of Grass, The Gospel According to a Dandelion. Um, So I just showed you an example of a really surface thing, um, but, and it's not surface with God, it goes quite deep with Him, but if you start studying the different ways that nature works, Um, So for example, I'll just go back to the cloud. Why are clouds white? The reason clouds are white and the sky is blue is all to do with the color spectrum of light. Light from the sun starts out white. Light from the sun starts out white. What's my whole connection with clouds? That Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith. What should I be redoing? Reflecting God. What are clouds doing directly? They are white because they reflect the sun. How awesome is that, right? Like nature just keeps showing me more and more facets of God's character. And you can keep reading more about the clouds. Uh, One thing that I found in SDA commentary a couple years ago, because I was like, am I just making this up? How come no one else is talking about this? Or maybe they are, just I'm not like understanding and connecting with it. Have you guys ever had that where you realize later on people have been saying it the whole time, just you didn't hear it because your ears were stopped? (laughs) But um, the SDA commentary said, the Christian sense of security... And I don't know about you, but this world right now, we need security in Jesus because there is no security anywhere else in our money and our land and anywhere. Our families, as you see families splintering over a mask, no mask, you know, it's, it's terrifying, but there is security in Christ. And I love this. The Christian sense of security grows out of the confidence and the promises of God and personal experience in which those promises have been realized. You know, a preacher can get up and tell me Philippians 1, six, but when I've had struggles and I find Philippians 1, six because I'm looking at a cloud. It's, it's my story. You know, the devil can throw all sorts of stones at me. But I'm like, no, I'm sorry, devil. I've lived it. I've experienced it. God's promises have been you, Not just because a preacher told me, but it's in my Bible. It's my story. And so I love it so much. And um, yeah, I can go on and on with examples because literally there's just hundreds in my Bible. And we get stuck on Jeremiah 29, 11, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and that's what we say are the promises of God, right? But when I've started looking at my concordance, I have found that there are hundreds of little promises, things like in Zephaniah and Haggai and all these little books that we don't really open up. And they're promises that are applicable and helpful to me today and in this moment and to our children and to the people we loved. All right, so this is Fran. Fran is my boyfriend. Um, You might notice that he talks a little bit different because he's not from where you all are from.
2: (laughs) No, I'm from Australia, um, and I'm the kinesthetic side of outdoor ed. Um, I get to take kids on camping trips predominantly. Um, So I'm pretty sure we're about to head outside very, very shortly. Um, Oh, I have to use the microphone. Um, so in the very back of the flyer, there's a couple of Bible verses that we put at the bottom in other resources. So a part of that is we talked about the tangibleness, having an experience. Um, these are just like just the quick easy here's a couple but literally just punch into your concordance things like touch handle smell odor aroma um seeing sight heard hearing like just the the senses put words connected to senses in your concordance and see what pops up um and as we head outside um, yes we can see clouds but can you feel the wind can you smell the rain last night, Um, like be willing to connect the other senses, not just the sight as well while you're out there, because it is a full body experience, I think.
1: So one thing that when we were defining verses yesterday, we were amazed how many times touch, like what a big component touch was in Jesus' ministry. And we've totally moved away from touch as a society because at first we had to be really careful, right? There's not safe touch. And now we can't touch because of the COVID restrictions, right? We're moving farther and away. And I'm sure you've heard that terrible study about. Um, and I'll talk about this more tomorrow. But when they did a study about not touching babies and just giving them their essential needs, and most of them died, and they had to quit the study. We need touch. We need to health healthfully touch our children, and our church members. I, it means a lot to me when one of my church moms or church dads just comes over and be like, "How's your day?" You know, there is an appropriate, great way. And like, there's a whole science behind what happens to your body when you get touched, right? It's incredible. And so, you know, you can't touch Jesus. And that's one thing you hear a lot from our kids and our teens, is you can't touch him. He's not, he's not tangible to them. But if you show them through nature, because nature's all about touch and get messy and get dirty and get in it, um, then all of a sudden God became more real to them. And that is our goal. Um, so... The reason that we're taking you guys outside for this next part is because I feel that if you experience it, if you yourself find a promise, you're more apt to keep doing it. Can I keep sharing my different stories? Yes, I could go on and on for hours about all my stories and I love them and hopefully you can understand them when you read through the blade of grass and the rainbow. Rainbows are so cool. Oh, sorry, with the clouds too. Jesus is coming again in clouds. So if nothing else, we could just say Jesus is coming when we look at clouds. You know, and then what I also love to do is line up hymns. Hymns, so I line up Bible promises in hymns. So in my hymnal, I have Bible verses written because I have one of those little pocket backpacking, um, well, it's probably not meant to be backpacking, but you know, backpacking hymnals. And I have Bible promises and experiences written in my hymnal just like in my Bible because there's nothing like the power of song. And there's a quote that I'll have that I'll show you guys later about how Ellen White talks about how when the Israelites, they, they experienced their walk and brought them joy by singing. They sang a lot as a people as they went through the wilderness and so I just find myself humming hymns at different times because different things like when I go to a waterfall what song do you think I sing when I every time I go to a waterfall anybody have any ideas what it'd be fill my cup Lord I lift it up Lord (laughs) come and quench the thirsting of my soul right Um, I love it I just love the fact that he fills me and it's not me just being like, man, what do I talk about? Man, let's talk. I have all sorts of things to talk about. You know, when I'm with people, if they'll let me talk about Jesus, I got all sorts of songs to sing together or Bible promises to go over and shared experiences, all that great thing. So we're gonna go outside. I have a bunch of chairs in the corner where you can grab folding chairs. And it's, um, we're gonna go out for, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And I know it's pressed. Um, but try to think more abstractly. Like, we're really good, I think, at the object lessons. And so don't feel like you were all, I'm going to have some of you share who want to share, but I would say go deep. Ask God right now. Each one of you have a hole in your heart. You know, there's some struggle that we're dealing with, personal, deep, missing, someone's missing from church, or, you know, you have huge marriage issues, or your, your kids, or, you know, we all have, we're, we live in a, war territory, right? We live on a battleground. So there's going to be scars and we're all, that's part of it. Casualties is the word I'm looking for. And so just ask God, be like, Lord, there's a promise I need and I can think of it every time I see a blade of grass, every time I see a tree, every time I feel the wind, every time I see the sun, whatever it can be. And so I don't always use the word from nature, to find a promise, sometimes I use just what I'm longing for, peace. And I use peace in my concordance, or I use joy in my concordance. Does that make sense? Um, But please, just, yeah, I'll be praying for you as you sit there, because camp meeting, we're always rushing on to the next thing. So just enjoy that you have a little moment to pause and let God fill. And I am happy to talk to you guys any other time if you want more stories. But um, we're going to go out, we're going to let you search for a little bit, and then we'll come back together and we'll share. Because it's often in that sharing with each other that different things are triggered in your brain. When they say something, you're like, oh, that leads me to this, and that helps me because I'm struggling with that too. Because we're all struggling with very similar things. We're lonely and we're broken, and there are people in our lives that we care about very much, right? And so grab a chair, get comfortable, and we'll go out this way. And you need a Bible, uh, and yeah, you can use your Bible. I also have journals that sometimes I write in, um, but I like everything to be in one package, so I usually just try to come up with little phrases and put them in my Bible. Um, Yeah, so grab a folding chair, grab one of the camp chairs, and we will go out. So if you don't know where to start, you could read my little article about Blade of Grass. But I would say we're often afraid to challenge, not yeah, I would say test the Holy Spirit. You know, we're, we're afraid to say, do you really want to tell me something? Do you really want to talk to me? And I would say, just spend this time saying, God, you want to talk to me? What new promise have I never found before in Ezekiel? You know, that was the one I found about the rainbow. Oh, so cool. Yeah, the rainbow is one of my favorite ones. You will have to read it later. Um, but yeah, so I'll give you 10 minutes and then we'll share. All right, can we maybe move our chairs closer so we can hear and make a circle right here? All right, are you blessed? Yes. Amen, amen. So I um, I just wanna share really quick and then if there's anyone else who's brave to share, so we were both like, the wind, the wind is really strong. We'll start with the wind. And he had been watching the wind and the classroom. If you looked out the windows, you could see the effect of the wind. And so we tried wind, and that led us to Exodus and Moses' song, uh, Exodus 15. And it was talking about, like, the enemy I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. And then um, it says, then you blew with your wind, and the sea covered them. And sometimes, you know, as we're growing in our relationship, we don't always, like, you know, communicate the best. And like, and that reminded me of Ephesians 6, how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So every time I feel the wind, I want to be reminded that that represents the Holy Spirit, and that's the work that He can do in my life, and that, you know, when I'm having relationship issues with anybody, um, and there's a breakdown of communication, that I'm not wrestling against a person, but the devil is trying to divide and spoil, right? So that I have Ephesians 6 right next to it, um, next to wind, I also... Um, there was a promise in Psalms 148, and then that led us to Psalms 33, and that led me to Psalms 32, verse 8, that says, I will guide you with my eye, and all of a sudden, I have all of these wonderful promises. You know, every time I feel the wind, or this contention in any of my relationships, right? All right, is there anybody who is willing to share?
3: Last night, there was a tree that fell by our tent about 30 feet away, a large tree from the wind, right? And so I was listening, My my, my thought was on that, And then my aspect of the wind was um, James, the thinking of stories that have to do with wind, house on a rock, the wind blew, and it was on the sand, right? When the wind blew, and so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about Jesus in the storm, and how the wind and God has power and control of the circumstances in our lives, even though we don't know the outcome, he does. So I was thinking about my son and my desire for him to totally surrender and give his heart to Jesus about some and be baptized. And so I think, well, if the wind reminds me he's in authority even though I can't see and his timing is
1: perfect, even though I can't see. And as long as his you know, he will see it through. Mm. So awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I think that's the beautiful thing is I think we've been really good at doing object lessons, you know, and that's and that has its place and it's awesome, but it's different when God's word is the one that you're you're depending on right not just your creative thoughts that you mash together but you're just going from his promise to another promise to another story another testimony of of him doing wonders well i did win too i mean it was kind of obvious but um i kind of looked up wind and you know kind of leads you on the phone and it leads you to different things but i found amos 4 4 for behold he who forms mountains and creates the wind and declares to man what are his thoughts. The wind comes and goes. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it's going next. We have calm winds. We have rough winds. And God isn't at all. All right, Amos 4.3. I'm stealing that one. When's the last time you claimed a promise from Amos? Right? Amos 4.3. Can you take note of that somewhere? Because I will forget. Amos 4.13. I like that one. Anybody else willing to share? So I
3: was sitting here, and I was trying to look and see if I could find anything crawling in the ground, but with the rain, um, it looks like they're all hiding. Um, So I was just listening to the wind, of course, but then trying to listen beyond, and I heard a robin just singing its heart out. And so I ended up finding Psalm 101 verse 1, I will sing of mercy and justice, to you, O Lord, I will sing praises. And that kind of led me on to see, um, just thinking about how the, the birds are singing in spite of the, the terrible thunderstorm that we had, that they had to weather through in the trees, all the thunder and the lightning. And yet here they are singing just as happily as ever, which led me to another Psalm um, 107, verse nine. And it says, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. And I'm just thinking about my life as I am weathering the storms in my own life. There's a fear that I will not be satisfied. And yet I need to have faith and trust in the Lord that he will satisfy the longing of my heart. And every time I hear a robin singing, I am wanting to remember this promise that God is going to satisfy the longing of my heart just like he satisfies the birds Mm -hmm. and gives them their beautiful songs.
1: What song can you guys think of? His eye is on the sparrow. I know it's not a robin, right? But I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free and I know Mm -hmm. he watches me. Like, now you're singing, you know, and then you remember things because we can't remember things and we live in a world that there's so many things constantly bombarding us that it's Mm -hmm. so hard. You know, I I love camp meeting, but I go home at the end of camp meeting, what did I learn? (laughs) Great stuff, can I decipher my notes? Nope.
0: (laughs) Mine was also the wind and I sat here and I prayed first and and I asked the Lord to speak to me. And I had my eyes closed and the wind was blowing softly at first and then it got more and more and more. And you know, when we're working out in the garden we love the wind on a hot day because it feels so good. But we live in a world that isn't always, the wind isn't always friendly. Mm-hmm. And um, recently, um, through COVID, um, my kids got hit by a tornado. Mm. And they lost their house. And I'm thankful that in spite of losing their house, they didn't lose their lives. The, the Lord was good and he left the lights on so they could run and get away. Mm-hmm. And it, the tornado actually hit the room that my son and my son-in-law were in. And my son grabbed uh, the door, got out, and I grabbed my daughter, and they went downstairs, and then my son-in-law um, was back behind them. And just in the nick of time, they got into the basement as the door jammed, and they wouldn't have been able to get there. Mm. And so I just feel like God is so good. And my the promise that I thought of when um, I was praying is, I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all my fears. Mm. And And, you know, when we go through... Hard times and, and, and life isn't always friendly, uh, we can seek the Lord and He promises that He will be there. And I also thought of um, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto our own understanding in all thy ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct thy paths. And you know, even though it was a very traumatic situation and, and I could have lost my kids in a heartbeat, God sought them through that bad situation. And they're alive today and I praise him for it. So, you know, when I hear the wind, I, I never really thought of that connection. And now when I hear the wind, I I, I think of how he can save us through the, the bad times that we come through. And then as I had my eyes shut and I was thanking the Lord for saving my children, the sun came through the clouds, and my eyes were closed, and I could still feel that radiant on my face, and, and I'm like, yes, Lord, you are there, and you will bring the sunshine after the storm,
1: and we just need to praise him. Amen. And we're at Michigan Camp Meeting. Will we feel the wind again? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. All right. Uh, one more. All right. That's okay. No worries. No worries. Um, so, oh, I get another minute to share. <laughs> um, what I love about this is as we, you know, go through the rest of camp meeting and we go on and also as different places, we can, we can talk about it. And it doesn't just have to be our words. I encourage you to share the actual word. You know, we're, we're really good at sharing our thoughts with each other. And our thoughts are great because the Lord does want us to think. He says, come, let us reason together. But how often do we speak scripture to each other? Like when's the last time that you just had a conversation with somebody that you actually literally quoted a Bible verse? That might feel a little bit awkward at first. I don't know, but it's not something we do. We're really good at saying these catcher phrases to people like, you know, God will provide. And these are all true. They're good words of truth. But I wonder how... More, much more of an impact it would have on people if they were thinking about God's words and not just my interpretation and my application, which is very real and special to me, but what if they walked away with his words and then they came up with their own application, you know? Um, so yeah, that's it for today. Um, if you want, there's a couple books I bought um, into the classroom. That show you, there's a set of three that show you all the different Bible animals, birds, and plants mentioned in the Bible and what they are, because um, you do not know about them all. And then there's also um, two books for kids that do the same thing. And then there is um, the gospel according to those, the uh, annual line, snowflake, grass, and everything else. And um, yeah, one of my favorite things that I'll leave you with is from Steps to Christ. And there's two quotes that I say all the time. I believe it, it is so. Not because I feel it, but because God has promised. And how do I know what he promises? Because now I found Amos 4.13. <laughs> and then the other one I love is if you believe the promise, God supplies the fact. And he wants to supply. You know, Ellen White had that dream about all the storehouses, all the, all the blessings that were never asked for that he wanted to give. And I think there's tons of promises and we settle for just a couple when there's thousands of more that he wants to give to us. Um, let's pray. Dear Lord, I praise you because you are an incredible Father who knows our hearts. And you know each person's hearts struggle here. And you want to speak words of comfort and peace. And just like Ellen White said, Lord, you want to speak to our hearts directly of love and peace. And in a world that is saying that there's anything but that out there, I ask, Lord, that we can be a light of love and peace to anyone that we come into contact today with, and anybody that we go home and have contact with, and Lord, I just ask that you continue to feed us to overflowing and that we may um, share that. Lord, we long to know you, to show you. And we thank you so much. In your name, amen. amen. So tomorrow's is about um, why you should get outside. So if you have any doubt, I'm going to show you physically while it helps you, mentally why it helps you, um, of course, spiritually, and then, believe it or not, helps you socially and creatively. Made up that word, but you know. <laughs> So, yeah, creatively, thank you. <laughs> um, join us tomorrow, and that will be tomorrow.
2: To listen to
0: more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org audio 2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.